Can we receive Pastor Nathaniel Urshan as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord? Amen. God bless you. Let's continue to clap our hands unto the Lord this morning. Can we do that all over this house? Let's just continue this beautiful atmosphere that's here right now. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're in church on a Sunday morning? Amen, amen. You can be seated in the presence of God. What a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere is here right now. I can feel the Holy Ghost. I can feel the quickening power of God in this place. Amen. I, I pulled up onto the parking lot and I saw the construction and we bounced over a few little potholes in the opening and we worked our way around some cones and, and we saw people trying to find a place to park and I just felt in my spirit, I said, looks like revival. This looks like revival. This is the in-between stage before everything goes thermonuclear, before everything blows up, before everything blows sky high and the name of Jesus is exalted. Cincinnati, its best days are coming. God's got big things in store for the tree of life. There's a river flowing out, and it flows from that tree. And its leaves are for the healing of the nations. Praise God. Praise God. What a wonderful, wonderful honor it is to be with you. I'm so happy to have my wife and my son with me and be able to be back with the great saints of God. Amen. I bring you greetings from Durham, North Carolina. And we came in for the, the seminar yesterday. I say seminar. The Holy Ghost broke out in there. It was a lot more than a seminar. That was a Jesus name encounter. Amen. That was a Holy Ghost encounter. And heaven only knows what's going to come to pass. People are going to be teaching the word of God. People are going to be used of God. Amen. Amen. Woo. You come walking in. You feel the Holy Ghost moving like that? You hear the saints glorifying God? You just want to be a part of it. Thank the Lord. It's good to see everybody. My brother so capably uh, recognized everybody. I won't do that because I'm going to miss somebody. He's always been a lot better at names than I have. I get everybody's names wrong. I call everybody by the wrong name, but, but the love is there. It's right here. <laughs> Amen. So thank the Lord. Last week um, in Durham, uh, over the last three weeks, we have baptized 40 people in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm saying that because the exact same spirit is here right now. The same stuff that's over there is the same stuff that's here right now. God's going to have a church. God's going to have a church. God's going to have a people. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm excited to be a part of it and be here with you all. Let's, let's stand together in the house of the Lord. I want to give honor to my brother, Pastor Joel Urshan. I thank God for raising up a man that is family and there is bias in my heart for him and his family. They are greatly beloved um, by the church in general, but, but especially by our family. We have always loved them so much. And, but, but the truth is God's raising him up for this hour. That's the truth. And he is speaking a message and, and the ears of God's people are opening to the great potential and the great power that God wants to unleash on this world. And I believe Cincinnati is right at the heart of what God is doing. Anybody believe that? Anybody believe that God has great things, greater things? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It hasn't entered into the heart of men, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Amen. Amen. So I'm thankful to be with them today. I give honor to them, to their family. 
Leviticus chapter 14. If you will turn there with me, it's good to see Zach and Anna and Sophia and Ethan and, and Rodney and Janae and Luke and Elizabeth and Noah and, and everybody. I love, I love my family. And I'm glad my son Ben's could come with us and be a part. They are a new generation coming up, and I'm so thankful. Praise God. I'm so thankful. The Bible says that his truth endureth to all generations. It's not supposed to die with me. It's not supposed to die with the elders. It's supposed to keep on. Amen. It's supposed to keep on. It's supposed to continue to take territory. And that is happening. Leviticus chapter 14. And this is what your Bible says. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper. Everybody say, the law of the leper. In the day of his cleansing, he shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp. And the priest shall look. And behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds, alive and clean, and cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose into the open field. Praise God. I read this portion of scripture and God began to speak to my heart. I can feel, I can feel what God is doing here in this great assembly. I can, I can feel the faith. I can feel the, the potential that is ready to launch forth. There's ministries that are going to come out of here that are going to change this city. Amen. This, this is your city. The Lord has given you the city. Now's a good time to lift up our voice. Now's a good time to lift up our hands. Now's a good time to believe God and say, God has given me this city. God has given me my family. God has given me my marriage. God has given me my neighborhood. God has given me all of his good promises. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Today I want to preach to you a message I'm entitling, The Law of the Cleansing of the Leper. The Law of the Cleansing of the Leper. God bless you. You can be seated in the presence of God. I read a story about a, about a little boy in Illinois. He, he came in one day and he was running a, a fever. And his, his mother did what a good mother would do. Took him, put him to bed, gave him some chicken noodle soup. Sometimes you just got to get chicken noodle souped. Make things right. And she did that. It's a remedy, an age-old remedy. And she gave him a little bit of cold medicine, thinking that he's picked up a bug somewhere. The next day, the fever didn't abate. Two days, dark circles appeared under his eyes, and spots appeared on his eyelids. The observant mother grew uneasy, and so she started 
doing what people today do, they go to Google. And when she went to Google, she came away fairly certain it was AIDS. <laughs> that may not make sense to the older generation, but the younger generation that self-diagnoses, you know what I'm talking about. It's the worst, the worst diagnosis in the world. She took him to the doctor. It wasn't anything like she thought it was. The doctor came back and looked at her and said, where has your son been? And she said, I, he had just been home at school playing. He said, ma'am, I think your son has leprosy. We need to run some more tests. They ran the tests, and when they came back, it was confirmed that that little boy had somehow contracted leprosy. When they found out, when they ran tests, when, when the authorities began to look into it, they found out the boy had found a dead armadillo. And they're poking with a stick and doing what boys do and being sufficiently grossed out. That boy contracted an ancient plague that had not been seen in that part of the country in almost a century. Leprosy is probably the greatest example in the Bible of sin. God chooses leprosy on purpose to, to show us the, the absolutely depraved nature of sin. The hopelessness and the helplessness of an ancient world that had no idea where it came from. No idea how it happened. They just knew that when you got leprosy, you were going to die. If you had a leprosy problem, you had a death problem. I don't know that we have a leprosy problem today. I, with the help of modern medicine, they know it's a microbial thing. It's a bacterial thing. And through a multi-drug therapy, it can be handled. And they took care of that little boy. He was all right. But I will say at the outset of what I'm going to preach this morning that we have a sin problem. The world has a sin problem. I don't know if there's ever been a day like the day that we're living in right now where the opportunity to be infected, the exposure to things that are the craziest things. Things that, that at one time never would have happened. Things that were only done in the darkest of corners and the most isolated of circumstances. Now, now we have access to them. The digitization of the world and the easy accessibility of electronics. We can get into trouble with a snap of our fingers or a push of a button. A touch screen can bring into a person's life things that they will never be able to get rid of. Expose them to things that they will never be able to, to fully deal with in a proper manner. Sin isn't something to play with. Sin is not cool. Sin is not something to fool with. It's not something to treat casually, but it's something to... to to cleanse, to wash away, to get rid of, to fight against, to push back against. I'm thanking God right now for a church that, is, that has been set free from sin. I'm thanking, for, thanking God for a, a lighthouse that can beam out to all of Cincinnati and say, this is a house where the broken can come. This is a house where the dying can come. This is a place where the sin problem can be adequately dealt with. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Would your evil of victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. And the old saints would sing, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. This is a blood-bought multitude. This is the church of the living God.
That's what a church is. It's a, it's a place for healing. And leprosy was a, an amazing disease in that it wasn't like the other diseases. The Bible doesn't say that they were just healed, but, and, and they did say they were healed. Miriam was healed and Naaman was healed. But when we get to the New Testament, it says they were cleansed. Amen. Sometimes you don't just need healing, you need cleansing. There's an active agent at work that has to be nullified. There's a sin principle that has to be crucified. There's something that you got to make sure that it never comes back to life again. I can't just kill it one day. I got to make sure it doesn't come back. I've got to mortify it. I've got to overcome it. I've got to eradicate it. I've got to... I want to get it out of my mind. I want to get it out of my home. I want to get it out of my relationship. I want to get it. And God, God gave this world the greatest gift when he gave it the church. Amen. I, I want to talk a little bit about sin because the, the parallels between Leprosy and sin are startling. Leprosy attacks the nerves. Leprosy is related to Parkinson's. In that the same area of the body that attacks the nerves, both diseases attack it. It attacks the nerves. That's the first place it goes to. I wonder where people get exposed to it. Some people got exposed to it by other lepers. Some people got exposed to it in various ways in the ancient world. Sometimes... I'm watching increasingly young people that are coming to church and they look different than they used to look and they talk different than they used to talk and, and they're losing the innocence that is in their eyes. I remember a time when you could be 10, 11, and 12 and you could have a childhood and you, can, you could be sheltered from certain elements but now increasingly those 10-year-old eyes have seen things and have been exposed to things. Don't talk to me about, about freedom of speech and, and art and expression and talk about it like it's always a good thing. There are some, th some things we don't need to express. There are some dark corners of the human psyche that are not art. Just because they're different, just because you've never seen it, doesn't make it art. Sometimes it's just sin. Sometimes it's depravity. Sometimes it tears apart families. And it tears apart the moral nature of the mind of a man and a woman. And it destroys the ability to love. I'm talking about sin. I had a young man. Uh, recently, he, he was in the, he, we saw him. His attitude grew increasingly surly. His, his body language grew increasingly, increasingly defiant. And his language was changing. He was always hanging around the group that was always on the edge. Everybody has a group that's on the edge. Uh, there's the group that wants to get as close to God as they can. And there's the group that wants to get as far away from God as they can. And, and he began to hang out with them. And one day in an outburst, it just, it was like, it just like things boiled over. He just lashed out at one of our functions. This, this rage came spilling out of him. And, and they didn't know what to do. It was very violent. It was almost a physical altercation. And so immediately concerned leaders talked with him and tried to communicate with him. And finally he wound up in my office. And after talking to him and seeing how he had changed from a, a fine young man to this this very troubled young man, I looked at him and I said, what is it you've been watching? What is it that you have been connected to? Who have you been hanging out with? Where did the exposure happen? What is it that has put this into your heart? Because what was coming out of him was exceedingly wicked. His, his language was exceedingly foul. He hung his head and he started to cry. And it all came spilling out. I don't know where people get exposed. I don't know how it happens, but, but the, the, the complete presence of unregulated electronic exposure and, and late nights and mom working long hours and, and now there's, there's the most depraved people in our world pumping the garbage into the minds of a young heart and they don't realize that they're looking at things that will take them a lifetime to wrestle with. There are things that can affect the human heart that will destroy every good and decent thing. 
This is what causes women to look with concern at their husbands as they begin to deteriorate, to deteriorate right in front of their eyes. This is what causes husbands to look with concern at their wife and say, you're not the woman that I married. What is it that you have been exposed to that has changed the way that you are right now? There are things, the Bible describes um, the demoniac. He, he, he was so tormented in his heart that, that he cut himself and that he wandered among the tombs and, and, and he cried out in torment. The devils tormented his mind and, and they tried to chain him. He plucked the chains apart and, and he went among the tombs with that kind of a mindset. And when finally Jesus cast the devils out of him, he cast him into the swine the swine committed suicide. There are things in people's hearts that not even pigs can handle. The most unclean of elements that literally will tear apart the mind of the most unclean animal in the Bible. I'm talking to somebody right now that there's a sin problem in this world. And if we ever need Jesus, we need him right now. Now, I'm not preaching a message of doom and gloom. I'm saying this is the church's greatest hour. This is the time for the light to shine bright. This is the time for people to see the truth of the word of God. Because where sin doth abound, grace, grace, grace doth much more abound. Now's the time to have grace in our preaching. Now's the time to have grace in our worship. Now's the time to have grace on our job. Now's the time to have grace. Grace did much more abound. God made you for this hour. God gave you the tools to deal with the leprosy. This is the law for the cleansing of the leper. It attacks your nerves. And then after it attacks your nerves, it attacks your, your skin. It's a skin. They think it's a skin disease, but it starts in the nerves. I, I'm not just afraid of, of, of the terribleness of sin. I'm, I'm also afraid of what sin will do. Sin has consequences. And one of the first things that happens when a person allows sin to dominate them is that they lose the ability to feel. They lose the ability to feel. It attacks the central nervous system. It attacks that part of the body that can feel. And, 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 and when sin becomes a part of a person's life, that, that preaching that used to stir them so profoundly, it doesn't move on them quite like it used to move on them. And verses that used to bring tears to their eyes and they used to hold dear to their spirit, they just become words on a page. I, I'm afraid that there's a, a sin on university campuses where liberal professors are trying to dumb down the Bible to just another work of literature. And, and there's a sin of skepticism and a, and a sin of doubt and a, a sin of unbelief. And, and it's, it's gripping the hearts of men and women to where when they come in, they look with amusement at what they would call a cultural curiosity. They would call it a, a, an interesting religious ritual that is endemic to certain Pentecostal ideologies. That's a, that's a fancy way of saying that this is not real. And, and, and it numbs them and, and it anesthetizes them. And they can't feel the power of the preaching. And they don't feel the impetus of the singing. And they don't feel the touch of God like they used to feel it. Be careful when sin enters into the picture. I never want to lose the ability to feel the presence of God. I never want to lose the horror of sin. I never want to lose the appreciation for what I feel in this house right now. Every altar call, every song, every worship service, every word, I want to feel it. I want to feel it down in my soul, down in my spirit. Hallelujah. Now you can Google this later on when you leave. But after it attacks your nerves and your skin, it goes to your respiratory system. It affects your ability to breathe. I don't know about you, but man, when I walk into this place, I could hear the praises. 
And when I heard that praise, my spiritual man went, (sighs) 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 (sighs)
and stop. The legs of the lame, they walk. When the atmosphere changes, when you breathe it in, when you change the environment. because it'll attack it it'll attack your worship it'll attack your praise it'll manifest as the voice of Judas when the woman with the alabaster box began to praise and worship him and the voice came forth and said what purpose is this great waste there's some people that think we're doing right now is waste. Only Judas thinks that. God's people know better. They told Jesus to quiet them down when he came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Don't you hear what they're saying? They're praising you. They're giving glory to you. Don't you sh shut them down. Quiet them down. And you would think that if it was the will of God to quiet down, that Jesus would have taken that moment and said, now that's not how we praise. Just sit there quiet. It's not what he said. He said, if these hold their peace, the rocks are going to cry out. The atmosphere is supposed to change. The atmosphere is supposed to change. When astronauts go to another planet, they know there's no atmosphere there. And when you go to work, there's probably no atmosphere there. You don't want to breathe in the stuff from that planet. When you're around your backslidden family and they're up to no good, you don't want to breathe in the same stuff they're breathing in. So what, what astronauts will do is they'll strap on a pack and they'll hook up nozzles and they'll take their atmosphere with them. That's what I'm doing when I walk into work on Monday. praise with you. You need to take Sunday's worship with you. You need to take Sunday's shout with you. I'm not breathing this stuff. I'm breathing something better. I'm breathing something better. Breathe deep. Breathe deep. Breathe deep. What'd y'all do on the weekend? Well, I went out and partied. I got drunk. I passed out. I, I woke up with somebody I don't know. What'd you do? We shouted until the power of the Lord came down. We sang until the chains broke. He's mighty, holy, worthy. You need to sing that through the Starbucks drive-thru. I'll take an extra frappa, mocha, double shot. He's mighty. He's holy. Worthy of the glory. I lift his name on high. Take the atmosphere with you.
You walk in the job in Jesus' name. Mm. Cussing, telling off color jokes. Uh uh-uh, uh, I got a different atmosphere in Jesus' name. There's something on me from Sunday. I got something stirring down in my soul, and I'm not subject to this environment. I can't lose my ability to breathe. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hands right where we are. Somebody breathe deep. Somebody breathe deep. There's a world out there that needs to breathe in what's happening right now. When you teach home Bible studies, you bring this atmosphere into that home. Jesus said, when you go into your home, let your peace come upon that home. You change the atmosphere when you walk into that house. The Bible says leprosy can infect a house. Leprosy could get in the walls of a house. I had a young lady come to me the other day. She said, Pastor, pray for me. I said, we do. We do pray for you. Sis, we love you. She said, I know, but you don't know the hell I go to when I go home. They're always pulling me back. They hit on me. They, 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 they curse me. They mock what we do here in this place. Sometimes there's just leprosy in a house. Sometimes the dysfunction, the, the, the domestic violence, the cursing, the hatred, the, the chaos, the alcoholism is in the struts and the beams and the joists. When I go home, it's waiting on me. When I go home, he's waiting on me. When I go home, I'm going to face things. It's not like it is here, Pastor Urshan. Please pray for me. If anybody has ever dealt with leprosy, if you've ever dealt with sin, you know what I'm talking about when I say that sin can be in a person's life and in their house. This is the law for the cleansing of the leper. Here's this interesting set of circumstances. You can be seated. Can I take my time? God wants to set a leper free. God wants to set a sinner free. God wants wants a, a bird to fly into the open field. God wants to give wings to somebody. So what's going to happen is the priest is going to look upon you. And then you're going to take two birds. You're going to take cedar wood, scarlet and hyssop. These ingredients, what funny sounding ingredients. I mean, why cedar? Why not oak? Why not pine? Why not hickory? Why not? I didn't know. I read this a long time ago, and I just kept seeing cedar pop up all over the Bible. Just cedar, cedar, cedar. I, I read where, where Hiram, the king of Tyre, he, he took cedars from Lebanon, and he put them into the temple, and he made them pillars in the house of God. Why not use oak? Why not use pine? Why cedar? Whew. Something about cedar caused them in that ancient world to say, this needs to be part. God revealed it to me in Home Depot. (laughs) I was walking through the lumber section and I saw pine and I saw this and I saw that. I saw pressure treated pine. 
And then I came to a section that said cedar. And I looked at it, and my little Holy Ghostometer started <laughs> blinking. It was right next to the pressure treated, and it had a little sign there. It said cedar is amazing in its properties because cedar is rot resistant. The leper was being rotted on the inside. The leper, his fingers were rotting off. His nose was rotting off. His, his ears were rotting off. His, it, was, it was eating into his vital organs. You might not know it on the outside, but he's being eaten alive from the inside as rot and degeneracy and decay and, and decomposition. He might be walking, but he's falling apart. There's a lot of people that look like everything's all right, but they're falling apart. Marriage is falling apart. Teenagers falling apart. Households falling apart. They're losing their grip. It's 2022, and they're picking up guns and walking into schools, and, and, and they're killing senselessly, and they're pulling people out of cars, and they're, they're losing their minds. That's what happens when you have a sin problem. Rot resistant. Doesn't mean it's perfect. Doesn't mean it's completely immune. But it means something inside of that pushes back the decay. God wanted to put cedar in his tabernacle. God said, I'm going to put something in the earth that pushes back. I'm going to put properties on the inside of it that pushes back. There needs to be a church that pushes back. There needs, I need some pillars. I need some pillars in this house. God wants to plant some pillars that push back. That say not only do we hold the church up, but we keep the garbage out. This is going to be a house of prayer. This is going to be a house of worship. This is going to be a house of consecration. There's going to be a prayer service. There's going to be intercessory prayer. There's going to be sacrifice. Am I perfect? No, but I push back. If you take a little bit of cedar, just a little bit of cedar, and you drop it into mold, the mold moves away from the cedar. That may not mean a lot to you. I'm not trying to teach a chemistry class. I'm just trying to say there should be something inside of us that makes wickedness back away. You ever wonder why they get quiet when you walk up on the job? You ever wonder why when you walk up to the water cooler and they're telling those jokes that when you walk in, everybody goes... Well, I feel bad because I don't fit in. Uh-uh, no, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because the unclean is backing away. The off-color is backing away. The unrighteousness is shutting its mouth. Don't you back up. You walk in there. You are the antidote. You are the answer. You've got the stuff. There's something in you that was put in there on Sunday night that's still there on Monday morning. If you let down, listen to me, Cedar. Listen to me, Salt. If you stop being what you are, if you lose your antimicrobial dynamic, if you lose your righteousness, you become like them. And when the trial comes, they're not going to come to you. You've got the same disease they have. When the trial comes, they're going to go to the prayer warrior. They're going to go to the praiser. They're going to go the one to the one that did not join in. They're going to go to the one that... I don't know if this is true, Pastor. I hope it is because it's real good preaching. 
It's real good preaching. But I can't help but wonder what wood the cross was made out of. I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't prove it. Maybe one day I'll be able to prove it. But I just know that those cedar posts I was looking at said where it touches the ground, it won't rot. I don't know. I just wonder. I just wonder that when they planted it in the ground and they hung Jesus on it, God was making a statement that this is the blood. This is the anti. This is the anti-sin. This is righteousness. This is holiness. I can't help but anything that brought decay and rot, he refused. When they, when they took the vinegar and they took the decomposition of the wine and they tried to give it to him, he turned his head away because I don't want any part of the rot in my life. Not even if it numbs the pain. Praise God. Praise God. You're going to put cedar and you're going to put scarlet. Scarlet. Now, I could talk about scarlet. I could talk about its value in the ancient world. I could do all of that, and it's all true, but, but I don't have time, and I know the hour is growing later. Let me just say that scarlet was the master dye. Scarlet covered up all the other stains. There is no stain that scarlet couldn't dominate. When you put scarlet into the dye, it's like it's, I, I, have, I, I, I am a stain magnet. My wife will get me a new shirt every other day. It has a shelf life of about two weeks. I'm going to be drinking Welch's grape juice. I was preaching a conference the other day in Memphis, Tennessee, and, and, and I was hungry right beforehand, and, and, and I had uh, pasta. And I was talking to my wife, and, and I had a shrimp, and I, and I was peeling the skin, and it was kind of a soup bowl. And I had about three minutes to get out to my car, and I was just cramming one last shrimp in, and it slipped, and I heard plop, and I went, ah. Mm. And there, it was like a Picasso. It was like a, uh, <laughs> it was a Monet. Of, <laughs> it was Italian. It was a Da Vinci. It was, <laughs> it was, it was right there. And I had to preach like that. There's a staining property. There's a staining property. I don't have time to go in every bit of it, but, but I just, now I understand why the spies came into Jericho and they found a woman who had so stained her life, had so wrecked her life, had so messed up everything. She was the bottom of the bottom, the off-scouring of the off-scouring, but she had enough sense to say, I want the cure. I want the cure. I don't want to die in my sin. I don't want to live one more more day in my depravity. I want the cure for what it is I have. They said, I want you to take a scarlet cord. I want you to throw it out the window. And we're going to know that everybody in that room is delivered. Hallelujah. Get everybody you can and bring them in this room. Get all of your family and bring them in this room. Go get your neighbors and bring them in that's the church, ladies and gentlemen. That's the church. There's a bunch of Rahabs that said, I did it wrong. I said it wrong. But I got a place you can go that you won't die, that you can live. I've preached too long. You got to take two birds. You got to kill one of them over running water. You got to go with me here because everything in your Bible ultimately is preaching Jesus. You're going to take two birds because one of them's going to die, but one of them's going to fly away. And from their perspective, when they killed Jesus, 
there were things that happened that nobody understood in the moment. But you got to go back to Leviticus 14. When Herod threw that scarlet robe around him, and mocked him, and laughed at him, Hail, King of the Jews! He was wrapping the scarlet cord around the bird that was to die. Laugh all you want to, but God's got a cure for the leper. Make fun of me all you want to, but God's going to pull me out. God's going to set somebody free. There's a chained up bird. There's a dying bird that's got to be dipped in the blood of another bird. There's got to be one that takes my place. There's got to be one that sets me free. When they took that wood and they threw it on his back. And he carried it up Calvary. This was the bird that was going to die. <laughs> you shall kill it over an earthen vessel. He had to come in an earthen vessel, ladies and gentlemen, because this is the law of the cleansing of the leper. One's going to die so one can go free. I'm preaching to people right now that are tied up, that are chained up. I'm preaching to the Barabbases right now that don't deserve to go free, but there's one that's going to take their place. I'm preaching to a people that have been set free. This is what it takes to be set free. You got to have a cross. You got to have a scarlet cord and a savior that went to Calvary. It's going to blot out all of your sins, all of your transgression. There is no thing you can do bad enough that the blood of Jesus can't cover it. There is no circumstance that the blood of Jesus, you don't know how bad I was. You don't know what I did. You don't know. You don't know how I live. No, but I got a scarlet cord. I got something that'll blot it all out. That'll cover it all up. That can never be erased. Ha, ha, ha. Woo. I got my shirt home and I grabbed a washcloth and I started. <clears throat> it's not coming out. <clears throat> Not coming out, not coming out. There's a stain that'll never come out. There's a blood of Jesus that'll never come out. It covers it all. You take your life and you dip it into that blood. You dip it into that mixture. You dip it into there and it blots it all out. Stand with me this morning in the house of God. I want somebody to lift your hands. I want somebody to lift your hands right now. I don't know what kind of a house that you live in. I don't know what kind of an environment you find yourself in. The Bible said it could get in your clothes. Leprosy can get in my clothes. I don't know what the environment's like, but I know the answer. I heard pastors say, it's a good day to repent. It's a good day to be baptized in Jesus' name. You know what we're doing when we're baptizing you in Jesus' name? We're taking you to the water. And we're speaking the name of Jesus over you. When we speak that name, the blood is placed into the water. And we dip you in that water. We cover you in that water. This is the law of the cleansing of the leper. Hallelujah. You come out of there with a new life. You come out of there free. God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift your hands to heaven right now. Right where you are. I'm going to open this altar. I want to know if there's been any birds that have been set free. I want some of those praisers to come on up here. If you know he's mighty. He's holy. He's worthy of all the glory. Somebody lift his name on high right where you're at. I don't know what home is like. I don't know what the job is like, but I know that Jesus is here right now. This is the law. This is what cleanses the heart of a man and the heart of a woman. I want you to lift your hands to heaven and let the Holy Ghost touch you in this service right now. 
I want somebody to begin to create an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere of the miraculous here right now. There's an atmosphere of the holy. Lift up your voice right where you are and just speak that name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I'm talking about the presence of God. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. God's got an answer for somebody that's going to die. God's got an answer for somebody slated to die. God took my place. Jesus took my place. And I can live. I'm talking to lepers. I'm talking to former lepers. Hallelujah. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost move right now, right where you are. I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to speak that name Jesus in this house. I want you to speak that name Jesus in this house right now. The Holy Ghost is coming upon you right now. As you pray, as you call on his name, in the name of Jesus. say 